Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen. This is episode 75 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available for purchase and in stock today at shop.csttires.com. And tonight, we sit down with a guest that the ATV motocross community has been dying to hear from. On our preseason update show, we broke down the biggest news and storylines of this offseason, including bringing our listeners up to speed on the Alan Meyer situation to the best of our ability. But on this episode, Alan himself will brief us on his plans for 2022. We asked the former AMA ATV Pro Class podium finisher if we can expect to see him return to racing this season before discussing his decision and talking some ATV motocross like we love to do here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, especially with the Daytona ATV Supercross season opener fast approaching. Before we get to Alan, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymower Financial Group, Four Works Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrated Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance programs, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmer is amazing, and the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer is next level. Outside the industry sponsors are hard to come by, so let's support Manscaped to make sure they stay involved with digging deep and ATV motocross as a whole long into the future. I swear by my Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, which includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer that I rant and rave about every week for helping me keep my beard on point, the best nose hair trimmer ever created, and an array of goodies including deodorant, boxer briefs, a travel bag, and more. So check out Manscaped, I wish I would have sooner, and get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. And we're going to continue this promotion if you DM us a screenshot of an order from Manscaped using our discount code, we'll send you a Digging Deep snapback as well. Again, that code is DIGGINGDEEP20 for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Support all these great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. As we start to shift our focus to the 2022 season, we both know you need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end. So if you want to help us out, this is the perfect way to do so while purchasing the parts you need this off-season. And did you know that you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, shipped conveniently to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com 
to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs this offseason. We can't thank you enough for that. That Rocky Mountain HVMC link is on the right side of our homepage at diggingdeepatvmx.com, and right underneath that, you'll find our new Amazon widget. So same concept. Before you buy from Amazon, simply go to our website, click that Amazon logo on the right side of your screen underneath Rocky Mountain, purchase whatever your heart desires, and we'll get a percentage of what you buy on the back end. We all shop from Amazon, so use our Amazon link to help us out while you buy. No new donors to shout out this week, but if you're interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or Buy Me A Coffee donation links on our website. And thanks to all who have donated, we appreciate you guys beyond words. Our content is free to our listeners, it always will be, so donations go a long way for us and help us justify all that we continue to invest into this thing. So thanks again, guys. Now, it's showtime. The 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep with Alan Myers right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Let's go. All right, guys. I'm glad that we're getting a chance to sit down with this next guest. Uh, We speculated about his presence for the upcoming season on our preseason update show last week, and he quickly reached out to us wanting a chance to talk about it. So, Brought to you by Factory 43 and their state-of-the-art Nerf bars, bumpers, and grab bars that continue to be the choice of two-time champ Joel Hetrick. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Again, that's Factory43ATV.com. We are stoked to be joined by former AMA ATV Pro Class podium finisher, Mr. Alan Myers. What's up, Alan? Thanks so much for being here, pal. How's it going? Pleasure. Pleasure to be on here. So I love the fact that riders like yourself can come to us when you want to get some of your story out or you want to kind of, uh, you know, get ahead of the narratives or whatever. I really, um, I guess I'm proud of that. I don't know how else to say it, but I'm proud to kind of give you that platform and that avenue for you. So I'm stoked that you reached out to us. And uh, that's exactly what happened. You reached out after we discussed your current racing status to the best of our ability on that last episode, you contacted us and and here we are. So I'm stoked to have you. I I'm excited for this and um, I don't know what we're going to hear, but uh, I'm just stoked to be here with you, pal. Yes. So, you know, first of all, thank you for, you know, giving me that opportunity to, to be on here and, and uh, giving me a place to where I can reach out to, you know, tons of people and stuff, but I actually, I actually wasn't really even going to come out with a formal announcement or, or nothing, but, you know, I saw that post and, you know, people have been messaging me like crazy for the past few months. And I've felt like everybody kind of deserved a, you know, formal explanation, I guess, for what's going on. Well, yeah, because the, the majority of the questions that we received for that last episode we're about you, you know, anxious fans wanting to see you back on the track after, you know, that one year hiatus. So uh, will we see you return to racing in 2022? Um, so as of right now, no. Um, okay. Yeah. Th- I mean, things just kind of, kind of fell through. I, I, I put all my eggs in one basket, so to say. Okay. Uh, you know, I was really hoping on one, one, one shot at the next year and, and, uh, you know, it ended up falling through and, and I really, I, I kind of hung on to it for too long, just hoping that it would happen. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, November came around, everybody knows that after October there, you have no window to get any support. So, I mean, it was kind of, yeah, kind of over with, um, but I, you know, I don't want to say that I'm not racing because of, of lack of support because, 
I have, you know, the best people behind me and I have tons of people that want to see me out there and, and, you know, just, you know, that I love to be around and stuff like that. Uh, like the Deckers and, you know, my mechanic Frankie from BCC skids and mm -hmm. tons of people, you know, coming up to me, Hey, listen, if you know, you need help next year, you know, let me know and I'll, I'll do what I can. Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't want to say lack of support, but this kind of a mistake by me, I guess. Well, I think, you know, if, if we were to, to take, you know, current riders, past riders, guys from way back, um, if we were to compile a panel of a bunch of pro riders from over the course of the years, I think, I think the listeners and maybe you and I, but I think the listeners would be surprised by how many people this has happened to, because it's happened to me multiple times where, you know, you like me too, like I put all of my eggs in, in one basket and you get, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, I'm speaking on my behalf where I was promised the world and, mm -hmm. and, you know, you kind of get strung along a little bit and all of a sudden you get this realization, like, Hey, this ain't going to happen. And then for me, as it happened multiple times, it was like, man, here we go again. Are you kidding me? Like, um, so yes, like there's a, I mean, it's 99% good people out there, uh, as far as the support goes. And we know like, that's a testament to you. That's what I was going to say before. It's a testament to you. Cause Casey last year at this time and Casey last week said, if he had any way to pull it off for you, he would, but yeah. the same conversation we had with Jeffrey is you need that. Like, like, it's so difficult, especially at your level, you know, at the, as a, as a podium, you know, level pro rider to it, it takes more than a couple months to put this whole deal together. Like you, like in the fall, it already needs to be ball rolling, like you said. So it sounds like you just got Delta, a really tough batch of cards. Yeah. And, and, you know, so a lot of people listening, um, the, they know the, you know, kind of what, what I was going for, for next year. And, and, you know, I'm sure the people are probably going to listen to this podcast. So I just want to make sure that everyone knows, you know, there's no hard feelings anywhere, nothing. Um, just kind of one of those things, just, you know, things change and you can't really predict it. You know, I get it, but you know, it, it sucks for sure, but you know, no, no hard feelings at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a tough one for sure to, to kind of, I guess, cause I kind of like, I didn't lose my passion for it, but I was, mm -hmm. I felt like I was kind of like robbed of it. Cause now. Right. You know, if things uh, change. Yeah. Things change. And it's a conversation that I had, uh, we had on the podcast last week with Casey and it's like, sometimes, you know, when, when a person gets that foot out the door just a little bit and it could be, you know, you see other things in life going on, you know, cause you obviously like as a, as a racer at your level, it needs to be, you know, 24, seven, 365, you know, it has to be because that's what those top guys are doing. We've seen it before where, I mean, we've had a ton of riders. You've seen them too, where, you know, they plan to come back and then that's kind of the last they ever hear from, from that rider. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I really didn't technically like take a whole year off. I was riding, I was training, I was, yeah. you know, feeling awesome, super excited to, to get back out there. That's true. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like the, the biggest thing was though, it's, you know, it's not really the money. I'm pretty confident that if I was like, okay, Hey, I'm going to race this year. 
I could, I could get the money together and, and support and, and be able to get to the track, but mm-hmm. you know, kind of me being on my own, I have my mechanic Frankie from BCC skids, which he, you know, helps me out tremendously, but yeah, you know, for me to compete where I feel like I should be, you know, I, I need to be worrying about my training, worrying about my riding and that's it. You know, I would like, you know, that was one of my biggest things why I took off last year is because I was worried about the finances. I was worrying about getting to the track, getting the parts, you know, doing all this thing. And, and again, you know, my, my mechanic, Frankie was, you know, tremendous help with that. I couldn't have done it without him at all, but you know, that's the biggest thing. I, what I really wanted was pretty much someone just to, to take over my race program. So I can be like, all right, look, I'll take care of my, my practice program. I'll get myself to the track. I worry about my training or worry about my fitness or worry about riding. And then I show up to the race, you know, go to work and then come home. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. Um, it's, it's just so hard in our sport, right? Cause there's not that many of those rides or whatever, however you want to say it, but there's not many of those that exist. You know, it's tough. It's tough. Like that's, I think what, what makes a guy like Chad Weenan such a unicorn because he does it all. And it's yeah. really, it's really hard to fathom all the, the shit that he's juggling and the fact that he's able to run his program to the level that it's at and ride to the level that he rides at too. It's, it's, I don't know how he does it because it's like, it's like he's doing four people's jobs. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it though, you know, that, that guy's been, he's been pro since I've started racing. Oh basically. yeah. Yeah. You know, he has his, he has his program so dialed that, you yes. know, he knows what he needs to do, like, mm-hmm. you know, months ahead of time. And he's, he's prepared. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's prepared this year for next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yes, a hundred percent. But, and so. yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then, you know, like I said, with the level that you're at that grouping that you're in dudes that are battling for the, the podium, um, that is such a competitive group. Mm-hmm. You were just, you're just simply trying to give yourself every, advantage that you could, right? Like that's, you know, take, like if somebody could take care of my race quads, make sure that thing's ready to rip. I can get myself to the track. I can make sure I'm in shape. I can make sure I'm getting my practice laps in, but I need to have like the best of the best when we get to the races to give myself a chance. That was some of what your, your, like you said, your decision was last year. You didn't want to take, uh, you know, a knife to a gunfight basically on maybe a, a bike or a program that wasn't up to snuff and wasn't going to be able to perform to the way that you, uh, like the, the level that, you know, you're capable of, and you deserve as a rider that that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a probably the source loser there is, you know, <laughs> I, I show up to win and mm-hmm. you know, that even like my podium at Daytona, you know, that was, probably one of the best experiences of my life but in my yeah. head I was like you know that you know wasn't good enough like I <laughs> you know, that, and that's just how I show up to every race you know yeah I, felt, I always felt like you know if I don't show up to win I don't I don't need to show up at all right you know even though in the pro class that's <laughs> that's a different story I feel like you have to have that mindset there. agreed because that's what's so tough as you look at the dudes in the pro class and 
they were all that rising star. They were all, you know, multi-time national champion. They were all the next big thing. Like every single one of them, every single one of you guys. Uh, so, so that's what makes it so competitive. Like I, th- I feel like every guy probably enters the class thinking, Hey, like, you know, I can, I'm going to be one of the guys eventually. And it, 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 I mean, think about, uh, when you got that podium, how few guys, you know, other than like the four, you know, of, of Chad, Joel, Jeffrey, and Thomas, uh, had got on the podium for all those years prior, like five or six or seven years. And, you know, all of a sudden you get a podium and it's like, Holy shit. Well, the thing is, is you're like the 1%, you know, you got on the podium, um, not many do. So I guess where I was going with that is there's tons of guys that enter the pro class thinking, Hey, like I could, I, I'm thinking I'm going to do well at this thing and not very many make it to the point where they're podiuming like you did. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, that's the tough part about it. You know, I had so much more mm-hmm. left in me, I guess, you know, I still had such a drive and, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to, to go out there and be better every single time. And, yeah. And uh, that off season leading up to the 2021 season, like, you know, I had everybody coming up to me like, dude, like you're, you're on it. Like you're on to something this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt so good. And then, you know, I got that news and mm-hmm. it, it really just kind of devastated me, but yeah, you know, I, yeah, I take the good from the bad. And I guess, you know, I don't, re- I don't really regret anything that happened. Um, I definitely learned to probably learned more, the past, you know, year and a half than I have, mm-hmm. you know, ever before, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those things, man. I think, you know, I've said it a few times on these shows. I say it in my life just about every day, but the way things are meant to happen just happen. Like, I, I feel like at least that's my way of dealing with crap is like saying, Hey, like, you know, it's meant to be this way. And there's a reason why I was set on this path. And, um, I feel like that's probably the best way to, you know, to handle things like that. But, you know, from listening to what you're saying, like you didn't know that this was the way the story was, was likely to go. You were, you know, you were thinking, you know, you were going to be back this next season as a, as a full-time racer. So at what point did you realize this? Like how recently did this happen that you realized, Hey, this is not going to come together. Um, I would say uh, probably around end of November. Okay, sure. Um, and I don't blame you and I don't blame you for not posting something because like, that's a tough thing to do. You know, first of all, you're probably holding out hope a little bit, but yeah. second of all, it's not like, you know, anytime it's not the greatest news. Like if you were announcing, Hey, like I'm riding for such and such a team, or I'm, you know, revamping my own program and I'm coming out like this, like you would have been chomping at the bit to announce that when it's not positive news, like, I don't, I don't blame you, but you obviously, you know, you have tons of fans out there. You want to keep them in the, you know, in the loop, but when it's not great news, like I don't blame you for, for not chomping at the bit to get it out there. Yeah. And I mean, the, the only reason that I, I wasn't going to post anything is because I told so many people, you know, people will come up to me every single race, you know, Mm -hmm. 20, 50, you know, 15, 20 people a race. Yeah. Hey, you coming back next year? Hey, you coming back next year? Yeah. And every time, like, you know, I, I had, you know, I had sat down and spoken to somebody at the very first race. Okay. And it was go. So my answer was, yes, I'll be back. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, after, you know, November, you know, things kind of fell through. I, like, 
I just felt like the biggest liar. Like, how am I going to tell all these people that I just, I just told them, yes, I'm coming back. Now sure. I'm telling them, you know, it's not happening. So that's tough. Yeah, it is tough, but it's, it's, it's also like not your fault. I mean, everybody's going to listen to this and realize that it's not your fault. You wish things were different, but at the same time, I totally get it. Like I remember being a younger person and um, you know, whether it was like acquiring sponsors that I thought I was going to get and like, you know, saying to friends or family, like, Hey, like, I think this is going to happen. And then it falls through. And like, you, you, you shouldn't feel the way you feel, but you still feel crappy about it. So I like, I can feel that emotion that you're describing to me right now. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that is like very superstitious and I didn't want yeah. to jinx things, okay. but like, yeah. you know, when I got that news, like I literally called my parents like five minutes after that, almost crying to them. Like, hey, Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I'm racing again. I was so excited. Just like, you know, I wouldn't tell anybody like, you know, who it was with or, mm-hmm. or what my plans were exactly. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to shoot. My, I didn't want to shoot myself in the foot, but yeah, I would confidently say, yes, I'll be back on the bike next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's tough. So I don't, I don't envy that feeling, but I, I've also, you know, been there to a certain extent and that, that really stinks. So as we sit here today, then, and this is probably a tough thing to answer, but as we sit here today, it's February, you know, 2022, do you think that your time as a full-time racer, do you think that chapter of your life is over or could you see yourself putting an effort together in the future at some point or, you know, riding for somebody in the future? Like, is that something that you want people to know? Hey, like I'm still open to this going forward at some point, or do you think that, that maybe that's not going to be a thing anymore? Um, so here's kind of where I, I'm at, you know, I spent, I dedicated 16, 17 years fully to race in motocross Mm -hmm. you know it's not just something that i can you know kick to the side and move along start on something new but um that's no longer really my priority at the moment Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm working on starting my own business um eventually taking over uh our campground here sure yeah yep Uh, once in a perfect world you know once I get kind of on my feet and established, you know, I would like to, I'll probably never go back to being a full-time racer, mm-hmm. but you know, I would love to, to go out and, you know, maybe race pro-am, hit a few pro races or, you know, just something to kind of, to goof around and just, you know, get my feet wet again. Yep. Yeah. I think that that's music to probably, you know, a lot of listeners ears out there that pull for you because, uh, I think, you know, so many people want to see people just do it for the fun of it. And that's kind of what you're describing. Like, that's what, that's what happened to me. Like the pro class just straight up burned me out. And, you know, so I started going back to the races as a, as a, you know, an amateur quote unquote rider racing 25 plus and pro-am and whatever. And I fell in love with it again. And in 2017, like I wasn't having any fun. Um, and, you know, kind of take a step back and are able to enjoy it a little bit. So I love to hear that part of it, Alan, I really do. Um, but like, I don't, I don't blame you for what you're doing. We'll come, uh, why don't we bookmark that for a second? Cause we'll kind of come back to, to that part of the conversation as we go on here. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads without these great companies. None of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. 
Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the offseason when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins in three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft comp on rears to back-to-back -back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class national championship is on on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hatrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST tires. Are you? CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing, has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side -side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. 
We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. I do want to touch on uh, some of like the guys that you're close with, your friends, other people you're connected with, because you're a super connected you know, person, obviously, like you said, you've been doing this for so long. So mm-hmm. last year, uh, you continued to attend the ATV Motocross Nationals to work with your buddy, Logan Stanfield and Rob Stanfield, Logan's dad told me you were so good for Logan last year. It was, and yeah, I think you could see it honestly. And Logan, the fun that he was having, the the fun that you guys were having together, how much success he had. So is that something that, that we may see you do this year again, or is that not going to be a possibility with all the stuff you have going on uh, with, you know, your motivations uh, kind of in, in real life or whatever? Um, No, it's, it's still definitely a a possibility. Um, You know, maybe not every single one like I was last year, but I like, be at the majority of them and, you know, be there helping Logan and helping Zach and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, Rob spoke glowingly about you two being together and all the fun you yeah. had. And he said that it just changed Logan as a rider when he could, you know, you guys were having fun at the gate. It was just like old times, I guess, is the way that he described it to me. Yeah. You know, the, the Stanfields are, they're like my second family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, and, when I got to work with Logan, you know, it was nothing but fun. Um, and I would love to, to be able to do that again. Cause I felt like we really started to get the ball rolling and Agreed. Logan was really enjoying himself. And, you know, uh, you know, he, I, he never came off the track pissed off okay. and always having fun. So I would love to be able to kind of, kind of continue that and help him with that more. But yeah. Last Last year was absolutely a blast doing that. Yeah. And you two obviously are close, but even like your rookie season and his rookie season um, reminded me so much of each other. Like you, you just as riders, uh, you remind me a lot of each other. So I feel like that probably has to help too. Like, you know, you had, he had a, a podium level pro in his corner saying, you know, I'm sure yeah. like you were able to give him feedback and see what other guys are doing and whatever. And very few riders have another pro in their corner, uh, helping them, you know, in a- any way that they need it. Yeah. And, you know, to have, you know, someone like that, not only, you know, you can take, let's say Chad Weenan was like, Hey, Logan, I'll, I'll come. I won't ride this year. I'll come help you out. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, you know, he might, you know, him and Chad, you know, they don't really know each other as well, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he might not pick up on certain things where, you know, I'm there. Exactly. Are like brothers. So he's listening and he knows exactly what I'm saying, exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. you know it just works better that way I think. yeah you guys have that connection absolutely so logan 
was rock. I mean, you, you talked about uh, how much fun you guys were having. You didn't come off the track angry, but Logan was as rock solid as could be last season, rock solid as anybody top 10 at every single race. Uh, so what do you expect for him this upcoming season? Because we've seen him do top fives before he did, mm-hmm. you know, top five in um, in Virginia the year prior. So we know what he's capable of. So what, uh, what do you expect for him this upcoming season then? Um, you know, I really hope that Logan kind of starts to break out of his comfort zone a little bit. Okay. You know, Cause he is, he's always been Mr. Consistent. Mm-hmm. So he's going to do like whatever he can to, I don't want to say be safe, but you know, mm-hmm. you know, stay in that pocket, but yep. I would like to see him kind of start taking a little bit bigger risks and, you know, trying to get that big reward. You know, and that's kind of how I rode. You know, I always, I always try to take the risks, even mm-hmm. you know, if I suffered the downfall from it or whatever. You know, I kind of, I was always one of those all or nothing, nothing type of guys. <laughs> well, I, I feel like you've watched you two, like I was saying before, you watch you two, your riding style is very similar, but I do mm-hmm. think that you were a little closer to the edge, you know? So <laughs> yeah. and that's a tough thing. Like when you're a consistent yeah. rider, like Logan is, um, cause I feel like I, you know, I was, I was never at your level. Uh, but I feel like I was a little more of that, you know, hit my marks, do it every lap kind of thing, not pushing mm-hmm. the limit. And that's a tough thing to break out of, you know, it, it yeah. really is. And if you, you know, if you could find that, that sweet spot of, you know, pushing the limits and kind of, you know, hitting your marks, being consistent, you know, that's, I feel like that's kind of the flow that I started to find at the end of 2020 where, you know, I had great speed and I was still hitting my marks and Mm -hmm. um, I would love to see Logan, you know, do that. And, and of course stay consistent to take a little bit bigger risks. And I, I think we'll see him in the top five. For sure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully at the end of the season, I'd love to see him, you know, snatch a podium or two. That would, that would, you know, just make my whole year. But... The the thing is too, like when he did that at Lake Sugar Tree is he made it look so easy. You know, he got good starts and, uh, and he just ran in the top five all day, pretty much. If I remember correctly. And like, I feel like that's the, that's the, you know, that's what Logan has to happen. That's the equation for him is he needs to get good starts and he'll just hang out, do his thing up, you know, near the top five and let things fall as they go. And he'll, that's where he'll end up. Like that's the formula for him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, being consistent and smooth like he is, you know, that's perfect. That's what you work so hard to be able to go that fast and be consistent. Yeah. Um, But, you know, every year you got to kind of, you know, break out a little bit mm-hmm. and get that extra inch every, you know, every absolutely. Year. Absolutely. Yeah. You need to build every year, but I feel like I would rather have the, I would rather have the Logan, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, start to push that level year after year, a little more than have like a dude that's, you know, doesn't know his limit and he's out of control <laughs> yeah. and, and like, he's getting hurt every year and crashing left and right and whatever, like Logan has it in him to, to, to be something special. Obviously like we've yeah. seen him get better every year. Um, he's a, he's a pros pro. Like I, I, like I say, like, he looks like he's been doing it for a decade, honestly. Um, yeah. so we just need to see him, you know, take another, another step there, but I think he will. And, uh, so Casey, hinted at it on the last episode and, and I guess you did already too, but I didn't know, I guess all that you were doing was Zach at the racetrack. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was, I was 
pretty much like I worked for the the Deckers last year. Mm-hmm. Like I, yep. I, you know, help. I, I don't want to call myself Zach's trainer. Okay. But, you know, I helped Zach with his motos and his workouts and, okay. you know, I got him to the races and, and pretty much kind of took care of him as much as I could and, okay. you know, get pointers, took him to the gate and then Sunday or Saturday, 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 yeah, Saturday. Saturday I'd go to the gate with Logan. Gotcha. Help him out. Okay. Okay. So you had, you were juggling all kinds of stuff. And again, now that you say that, I do remember you. I, I mean, I knew you worked for Deckers. I knew all that stuff, I guess, for whatever reason, I remembered you is probably because I was paying more attention to Logan, honestly, because <laughs> I remember, I remember you being, you know, obviously Logan's right-hand man at the races and just uh, for whatever reason, didn't remember that about you and Zach, but uh, Zach, of course, is the sports next big thing. He's projected to go pro at Daytona. So if I were to ask you to predict Zach's rookie season, what would you tell me? Um, you know, I really, so when I was down at Deckers, I didn't really get to watch him ride much. I was pretty mm-hmm. much just working, doing schools the whole time, but okay. I would really like to watch and see how much he's matured because from, you know, the start of the off season last year to the end of it, he matured into a whole nother rider. So mm-hmm. I would like to see from, the start of this off season to the end of this off season, how much more he's matured. And I think that'll be a, a good, you know, sign of where he's going to be. He's, he's got the speed to, to be a podium contender. You know, okay. I mean, he was out there with Bryce. Um, he had a probably three or four, you know, really close races with Bryce. Never, mm-hmm. never fully pulled the trigger, but mm-hmm. you know, I'd say he almost had it, which, you know, almost something and horseshoes and hand grenades, but he made he made a couple of those races real interesting um so yeah like like you're saying it's not a it's not a speed thing like he's got the speed like the speed he i mean he'll he'll be good on speed it's more it's very hard and it's probably it's probably easier for him than most you know he had you in his corner um being down there at the decker training facility obviously there's fast guys there all the time he rides with all kinds of fast guys obviously so i mean he knows what that's speed is like but when you're on a track with you know 15 or 20 you know of those guys all at the same time and now we're going for you know now it means business it is a little different I mean you can speak on that behalf but um but it's more of a heat like the only uh and I don't want to use the word concern but the only thing that would work against him is just that lack of you know he's a rookie everybody goes through that stuff for the first time and then you know, not like biting off more than you can chew. I don't know. I mean, you would know better than I, but you don't want him to get ahead of himself. It's more like, Hey, like sometimes, you know, maybe you just got to take a step back just a touch, you know, you're a rookie. Like there is going to be, you know, there is a learning curve here. Um, but the speed part of it is, I mean, he's got that covered. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, Zach is a lot like me in a lot of ways, you know, Zach, Zach shows up to win Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the way I kind of think, you know, if you're not out there planning to win, you're never going to (laughs) win. Right. As long as you're, you know, mentally strong enough to take that loss and learn from it, Mm -hmm. you know, I would love to see him, you know, try and, and go for those podiums and, you know, kind of reach as high as he can go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if he falls short of it as, as long as he learns from that, you know, I don't think, I don't think there is much he can lose, you know, 
I agree. I agree. If you can even simply, you know, be in that group, uh, you know, I hate to reference, you know, digging deep ATVMX fantasy here, but those guys like the podium contender guys, you know, the, the Bryce Fords, Jeffrey Rastrelli's, Brandon Hogues, Nick Janusa's, that group of guys, Max Lindquist, those guys, if he could just be in that mix, like if he was with those guys, that's a win in itself. Um, yeah. If he can consistently race with those guys, because podiums are going to be, you know, every year they are, but podiums are gnarly. Like, I mean, things have to align, you know, for yeah. a guy to get a podium, but then that group is so competitive. Top fives are almost like that too. So if he could just yeah. be, if he could just be with those guys, um, that would be impressive because that, that next tier or group of guys, you know, the Logans, the, the Cody Fords, the Michael Alreds, those guys are gnarly too. Like, so, so there's no shame in any of that, but if he's able to fit right in there and race with those guys and just do it in and out every weekend, like that would be a win in itself. Cause that class is so damn fast right now. Yeah. So like last year, what was it like third to eighth? And mm-hmm. they were, it was like that whole group was just every single race. They were right yeah. there. Yes. If, if he could, you know, be in that group and, you know, work it, try and work his way through that. I think he could, he could consistently pull off some top fives. You know, I mean, he, he's grown up racing against Max Linquist and mm-hmm. Bryce Ford. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure there's some other guys out there that he's been racing against, but, you know, look, look at Max and Bryce, how much they've progressed, you know, he's certainly going to have, you know, a few rookie races, so to say, you know, Yep. a few mistakes but he'll he'll pick it up quick and i think he'll kind of get the groove and know the pace yeah i know i i agree 100 it's always fun when you insert you know one of those guys you know the the kind of hot prospect guys when you insert them into the pro class it's always a blast to see um you know to see where they fit in so that's going to be exciting um alan are you so are you so you you referenced being at decker's uh, you know, you know, earlier. Um, so did you get to see anybody else, like any of the other guys riding while you were down there or what did, what did you see when you were down there? Any of the other guys at all? Um, yeah. So Joel, Joel Hedrick was down there. Um, Logan was coming like the week that I left. Okay. He's there now. Um, I think that was, I think it was just me, Zach. Who was it? I think that was the only pro is just me, me and Joel. You know, okay. Me back and then you know, of course, there was probably a hundred other squads <laughs> out there. Sure. But as far as you know, the like the pro riders and and stuff like that. I feel okay. like I'm forgetting somebody, but if I am, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, what I was going to ask you, and I guess it doesn't have to be just limited to the pro class, but I was going to ask you if anybody impressed you um, while you were down there, or caught your eye, or stood out um, when you were down there. I was going to ask you if anybody, if anybody stood out or impressed you. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, I was doing a lot of schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think of, of see, I, I'm like terrible with names. So <laughs> and I, okay. I know them by their bike and their number. So. <laughs> well, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but if yeah. nobody, if nobody stood out that much, then, then we could leave it at that. But uh, yeah, the, um, the, the, the safe answer would have been Joel Hetrick. He looked fast. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I, so I, I talked to, to Joel and Zach and, and Logan quite a bit and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know if they're kind of being hush hush about it, but they've been saying like Joel is on 
on another level. Okay. So they just were telling me how, how Joel was, you know, looking awesome. Sure. So it's what stands out to me is how long he's been down there already, you know, and we're, we're a month out from the first race. So it's like, man, like he's got to be able to do motos in his sleep at this point. You know, like, I feel like, you know, at least for me, like I'd give myself, you know, a month before or whatever, five weeks before, maybe that's just cause that's all I could afford. But, uh, but man, he's been, I feel like he's been down there for a month already. Right. Like, well, like, yeah, yeah. He's been down there for a month. Yeah. So, so, so that dude, um, endurance isn't going to be, isn't going to be an issue like that. He's going to be ready to rip. Yeah. We, uh, one day we were down there, we did, uh, we were doing like 45 minute, uh, woods loop motos and we would go through the woods loop and connect back onto the intermediate track at Deckers. But okay. Yeah. I think, uh, I think last year really kind of put a fire under his butt and I think he's kind of ready to, to prove some people wrong and yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be exciting to see. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Rastrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help 
place them on top of the podium week after week. DP brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer. Or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills, or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook. And if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes. And have a great year, everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to factory43atv.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. So you're not obviously in Florida. So that must mean you're back in Tennessee then because you referenced the the family and stuff. So you're back in Tennessee. So uh, what's uh, what's keeping you busy up there nowadays, Alan? You, you referenced your, you know, wanting to start your own business and stuff like that. I know you're you're working. We um, we, you know, uh, worked around our work schedules and stuff for this interview. Yeah. So uh, tell me about that. Tell me what's keeping you busy nowadays. Yeah. So right now, my parents on a uh campground here mm -hmm. on the, the Kentucky Lake and uh we're pretty much slammed doing stuff with that we got a uh, okay about 70 people on a waiting list and we're oh still my. trying to, we still have about 50 some sites to build before March oh my and gosh we're yeah we're slammed um and March is actually like our our busy season so that's when it really gets busy and okay uh, so just, just working at the campground now, um, and kind of on the weekends and, and after work, I kind of work on my, my own deal. I'm trying to start up a little fabrication shop, I guess. Um, I don't want to, I'm not really trying to get it too big right now, but just, mm -hmm. just kind of like a side gig right now. Yeah. That's awesome. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Right. So that's, uh, that's cool. Kind of like a passion project type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just I went to school for uh, CNC programming. I just finished that up oh, uh, sweet. a couple months ago. So good for you. That's yeah, awesome. Machines. Trying to start uh, that. Up. Yeah, hell yeah, that's awesome to hear. Congrats to you. That's killer. Um, so where, when earlier, when I said that we were going to kind of circle back to some of the topics we were talking about. So the other day I posted a, you know, a somewhat sentimental post, I guess, um, about this. And I'm curious to kind of run it by you and hear your opinion, because it wasn't long ago that you were the, the sports next big thing. You were the, the hot amateur prospect. You were the one, you know, that had a, a stellar amateur career. You were a great young pro. So even if this chapter for you is over and, and, you know, you're, you're not able to compete as a full-time professional again, I have to imagine 
you feel, you know, as I do that you're beyond grateful, I guess, to have been given the the chance to live out your childhood dreams, because um, even if it was, you know, relatively brief, the fact that you were able to do that, you know, you worked towards a goal for so many years, you know, as you're a, you know, a, a super mini rider, uh, a 250 rider, then you become, you know, an A-class rider or a pro-am rider. And then you're the, you know, the man in pro-am and you're getting ready to go pro and then you make it to pro. And then, you know, you, you know, have a good rookie season, you get this podium, all these things um, as that, you know, you roll over to the next year. And when you step back and look at it, like you were living out your dream, you know, and that's a hard thing. Like at the time, as you're, when you're in the middle of it, you don't, you don't probably appreciate it the way it's probably deserved, you know, or whatever it's worthy of. So yeah. I guess, I guess, you know, long story long there, but, um, I have to feel that you're grateful again, like I am that like we were able to do something that we dreamt of doing. And I have to believe that no matter what, if this is chapters over or whatever, or it's not, um, you know, the stuff that you're given and have gotten from ATV motocross, uh, is, is priceless. I would assume. Yeah. Um, I'm for sure grateful for, you know, everything, you know, I would have been grateful for it if I, you know, quit 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but you know, at, at first when, you know, everything was kind of set in stone that I'm not racing, uh, it was really hard for me to, I was really kind of, I guess, sour about it. Like, I was like, wow, you know, 17 years of my life just out the window, but mm-hmm. you know, I, you got to think about it as, you know, the people, how many amazing people that I've met and, you know, the places that I've got to go and the things that I've got to do. Um, I'm extremely grateful for everything. And, uh, I wouldn't change anything for nothing. Um, it is what it is. And like I said before, you got to take the good from the bad. So, mm-hmm. but like, like you were saying with, you know, all like the going through the ranks and the A class and stuff, I, I do wish that I could have appreciated that as I was going through it. Yeah. But for me, when I was going through it, I was only looking at, you know, I was looking at the next goal, exactly. next, my next accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And like, I never, you know, once I got my, let's say my first pro-am podium, all those A-class wins and all those A-class championships were just like, uh, those are nothing to me. Exactly. Yeah. Thing. Right. You're awesome. And all my pro-am accomplishments are, you know, <laughs> but now, now I'm kind of getting to the point where, you know, I can look back and kind of look at my career and be like, wow, you know, I guess yeah. it was better than I kind of imagine it in my head. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like that's why I thought it was worth touching on because yeah, it's not something that you appreciate while it's going down. Your goal is always the next thing. You, you don't even, you don't even like, it gets to a point where, you know, and, and like the way you were in pro-am and stuff, it's like, you don't even get that like super, super high off of winning. Cause it's like, Hey, like I'm expected to win, you know, like the, you dwell on like the losses or whatever, more than you appreciate the wins. And that's yeah. why it's, that's why it's worth touching on because how many people can, can truly say that they got a chance to do what they always dreamt of doing. The, the answer is far less than 1%. And both of us got a chance to do that, which is amazing. Like how many people grow up thinking, you know, or dreaming, I should say of being, you know, a, an NFL player or, or whatever, or, or a doctor or whatever, and things come up. And then it like, 
you know, your, your journey gets muddied and you end up settling for something else or something less and you made it, you know, you made it and you've podiumed. How many people can say they podiumed in the pro class too? Like yeah. hundreds of people came and went and never did that. So, um, it's, it's amazing. Like what you did and those, those images of you and your family and stuff, uh, from that podium at Daytona that day are burned in my mind. I will never forget yeah. them. So I can't imagine what a memory that is for you guys. Yeah, that's, that's probably one of my uh, fondest memories for sure. But it's funny that you brought that up. You know, that's something that I'm still kind of uh, trying to get over, I guess. Like you, you said that, like it was like this amazing thing. And it is, a, you know, amazing thing. It's, you know, one of my biggest accomplishments. But to me, I'm still trying to get over the fact, like I tell myself I only got one pro podium. And that's like, which, you know, eventually I'll, I'll get over it and I'll mm -hmm. appreciate it like everybody else does. But to me, like I want so much more and it, you know, I got that one pro podium. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but hey, to, to to get one at Daytona though, yeah, that's cool. like you pick the coolest, <laughs> you pick the coolest place to do it. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. comes it outside my grandkids for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I know that you know you referenced it a few times now, but I knew that you were doing a bunch of riding schools and stuff like that. Um, you know, you're great with the kids. You've always kind of had that mantra. So tell me, what would you tell upcoming riders that you wish you could go back in time and tell yourself as a young rider stuff you've learned on this journey or, or knowledge that you picked up along the way? Would you, does anything stand out a message that you would like to tell yourself or young, other young riders now? Yeah. The biggest thing, you know, if you want to, you know, go the long run and, you know, really make it, um, biggest thing is just to have fun with it. Um, you see so many people that kind of push themselves too hard, which, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to push yourself too hard, but as long as you enjoy that and are having fun with it, mm -hmm. um, you know, I kind of got in a little spot in 2019 where, you know, it was just work, 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 and no fun. And I was just like, after 2019, I was like, you know what, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I'm out of here. And then you know, was it not, maybe it was 18. I don't know. Okay. And then, you know, 2020, I was like, all right, like I'm, if I come off the track one time, you know, upset or not happy with myself, like I'm calling it. And I made it my goal for every single race, just to have the time of my life. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think it really showed on the track and it really showed with my team and the people around me, you know, how much more fun the environment was and, sure. you know, it just made racing fun again. That's the biggest thing is just to keep enjoying it and having fun. Yeah. That's such an awesome thing to hear that you were, you were physically motivated by that because I, I tell people all the time, I've said it before on these shows that if you're able to have fun, if you're having fun and you're enjoying what you're doing, you're going to be more successful anyway. Like people that, yeah. you know, there's, I'm sure there's, you know, there's exceptions to the rule, but people that aren't enjoying what they're doing, like more times than not, aren't going to be the ones that are uber successful. Like they're just going to be going through the motions. And if you find a way to enjoy it and, you know, speaking to, to parents and, you know, I don't know if trainers or whatever, like fall into this category, but the other people around the rider can help create that 
that atmosphere yeah. too. You know, like even if, you know, if you or I say, okay, my motivation is going to be to be happy all year and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have fun. But if everybody around you is, you know, Debbie Downer and, you know, unhappy and screaming and throwing shit and whatever, um, like it's kind of got to be a, a family effort, right. Or, or a group effort to make sure like we create this nice little positive cocoon because when the rider's happy, like that's when people are going to be the most successful. And that's the, like, that's the other thing is you don't want anybody to strip that fun and that happiness from, you know, somebody as a, as a rider. So, uh, so I guess like, I think that you're kind of hitting the nail on the head there. Like if you're having fun and, and again, group effort, but if you're having fun, that's when you're going to be the most successful. Yeah. And you know, it's a shame too. You know, you'll see some really talented kids kind of lose that drive and that motivation just because their their parents are too hard on them or they're, mm-hmm. you know, I've, throughout the years, I've seen so many kids quit just because, you know, their parents are too tough or, right. you know, they're not having any fun with it. That was, that was one thing I think my dad did a really good job at. He was, you know, he was never that dad to, oh, you better go out there. You better win. You better do this. You better do that. He's like, you know, you better give it 110% and I'll be happy. So even yeah. if my 10% was a 10th place, yep. he came, I came off the track and he was happy as long as I gave it my all. Exactly, man. Like, I feel like that's even as a rider, even as a rider, like everybody wants to win, but mm-hmm. even as a rider, like there's a, there's a very distinct, good feeling to leaving it all on the track and doing the best that you can, and whether it's first or last, like doing the best you can is a very fulfilling feeling. And there's nothing like that. You know, even if sometimes, you know, you, I don't even, I don't know if you can say this, but sometimes you win, but like, if it's, if it's, you know, quote unquote easy. And again, that would come in, in the earlier classes, but that's not fulfilling really. And, but when you go out there and you have to, you know, leave it all out there to get that, to get that result, those are the ones that you remember forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And So like I, I kind of have a little story for that. Like yeah. my my very last race as a as a pro at uh, south of the border in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, first moto, I, I blew up with half a lap to go in fourth place. Yeah, uh, I remember. Second moto, I I uh, I crashed with you know three laps to go mm-hmm. and uh, you know busted my helmet in half and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, I had to work so hard for that race. And, uh, Rodney asked me on the, at the banquet that year, what was your most memorable race? And I, was I remember like, this. I remember all this South of the border. Like, I, I felt like I never tried so hard in my life, even though I fell short and got dead last, you know, that was my most memorable race. Um, yep. you know, I remember, uh, it was probably the, you know, second or third lap. Um, I passed Jeffrey around the outside going right before the rollers okay they had the one year and then uh very next corner i passed thomas so i went from fifth to third just right there and then you know a couple corners later i, I blew that and, and got passed by thomas but i was able to help hold off uh jeffrey for the rest of the race until my bike blew up okay but, you know i i just remember having to work so hard for that and even though i came off the track freaking on a stretcher holding my helm pieces of my helmet <laughs> stuff like that I was just, you know, I remember being on the stretcher, like, man, that was an awesome race. <laughs> I, I, and again, like, um, I can, 
I can remember feelings of that, even in lesser classes, but ones that were hard, hard earned or, or, or whatever, they were tough. Um, those are the ones that stand out to me. And like you said, it doesn't, didn't matter that you, you know, did crappy that day still to this day, you remember like, Hey, like I put it all out there and I was, you know, you know, I was killing it. Um, I don't know. That's just uh that's something that sticks with me and yeah, just, you know, tying a bow on the, you know, the, the, you know, maybe moto dads that can be too tough or whatever. I just, I always think like you said, with your dad, uh, you know, doing a good job with you and creating like a, a great racing space for you. Like I feel pretty much the same way about my family. And what hurts me is that some people are robbed of that. Like some kids are robbed of that, that weren't as lucky as we are. And that hurts me because I don't want to see people, you know, choose physically choose to go do stick and ball sports with their buddies because, you know, their, their environment with the family or at the races, like, isn't good enough. So they have to get away like that. That hurts me. I don't want people to, to lose our sport that we love so much because they didn't have the experience that, that you and I do. Like, I just, I hate that thought. Yeah. And you know, it takes a a very special group of people to kind of be able to do what we do. It's Mm -hmm. definitely not just, you know, some family that can, Oh, Hey, let's, uh, try to race motocross professionally right you know obviously yep. you know some people you know have it in them where they you know they can do that but as far as like a group effort it really has to be you know a special group yeah and and you did it too like with your whole family it felt like you guys had a posse um mm-hmm. you, you know you had your your family it was like an entourage at the races but i always like tell people like how cool is it that you know you're not and again the stick and ball sport reference but you know, a kid isn't on a bus with their buddies traveling around to go to baseball games. Like we're with our family traveling across the country and, you know, picking up like all this knowledge. This is one of the things I haven't said yet, but I was going to say before is like, you're learning so much about the world and problem solving and, and all these things, so many skills that you would never have any other way. So like you, you referenced earlier, like, Hey, like all these years for nothing, and it's like, no, the, the racer, the racer, Alan Myers, that those things you learned. And, and again, like that competitive nature and wanting to be, you know, striving for more and goals and all these things like that bleeds over into every other aspect of your life. Like everything you do for the rest of your life, you're going to attack like that racer in you. And, and so, so that is one aspect of it, but then to what a blessing it is to travel across the country, experience all these things, do all these things with your family. Like, it's just, it's so invaluable. And I feel like, you know, again, not to get too like cliche or mushy here, but it's like, you're just, you're so grateful for it though. You know, like we're lucky to have done that. Yes. You know, and it's, it's like we were talking earlier, it's hard to, it's hard to appreciate that as you're in it. But once you're not there anymore, you know, you're like, wow, you know, I've spent thousands of hours on yeah. the road with my family yeah, you know, how, traveling the country. How, you know, how awesome is that? I seeing, know. Seeing things, going places where people never go in their entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the coolest thing. And, you know, 20 years from now, like both of us, you know, you'll think back to those 
to all of those memories. And those are like the glory days, you know, yeah. like those are and and again, like, I just, it's just grateful that we have them. Like if we would have been on, you know, you think about your life path, just being 1% different and maybe you, you know, aren't able to do that. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's such a blessing. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, not even only your family, you know, the, the people that you meet and stuff at the track, you know, yeah. I got friends that like the Stanfields and the Deckers, you know, those, mm-hmm. those will be in my life for, you know, the rest of my life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like other, other people who aren't people who aren't eight, like racer people, like you don't really connect with them the same way, you know, like, yeah. cause only, only they understand us, you know? So, <laughs> so I always tell people all the time, like all your best friends, like all of our best friends came from, from this, this sport, right? Like those are all the, all the closest people to us are, but again, it's because they, they understand us. They've all went through the same shit. Insurance. It's not something everyone likes to talk about, but let's face it. If you race motocross, it's something you should have. Integrative Financial Concepts is an independent financial service and insurance firm who offers moto-friendly insurance and helps out riders like Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Joel Hetrick gain confidence on the track. With their unique safe-to-race and safe-to-ride programs, if you qualify, they have the ability to offer life insurance with living benefits to those who ride. With these living benefits, you may have the ability to access a portion of your life insurance policy while you're still living for things like cancer, heart attack, stroke, or chronic illness. They can also help with many other things, such as home, auto, motorhome, and trailer insurance, as well as college planning, special needs planning, payroll processing, as well as group health benefits for your business. So whether something happens on or off the track, Integrative Financial Concepts has you covered. With their complimentary one-on-one appointments, what are you waiting for? Reach out to Mike Daniele at D-A-N-I-E-L-E underscore Michael at nlgroupmail.com today and see how integrated financial concepts can help you. Living benefit riders are supplemental benefits that can be added to a life insurance policy and are not suitable unless you have the need for life insurance. Riders are optional and may require additional premium and may not be available in all states or on all products. This is not a solicitation for any specific insurance policy. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late-model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. 
Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you need not worry about harming your engine or suffering a premature end to your ride no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and other power sports equipment, when conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track or trail. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save at evanscoolant.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. So uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on before we got out of here, um, this is another debate that we hear all the time. So you rode those fire Walsh hybrids in Pro-Am and in your younger years, and then you switched to the Yamaha YFZ450R when you went pro. And uh, it looks like, you know, I know last year you were doing a bunch of riding yet on your stocker and and stuff like that. So obviously um, you're fully acclimated to the YFZ at this point, but if you had a chance to choose one between the two, which would you choose and why between the, the hybrid and the YFZ? Um, that's honestly a really tough one. Cause I was, it was a really hard switch for me to go from my Walsh to my, not, I wouldn't say hard switch, but it was, you know, I was going to this, I'd say call it a Ferrari of a bike. Yeah. But, mercedes i guess okay <laughs> you yeah. guys had those walsh bikes so dialed you and logan oh, at the time so, yeah yeah um, but you know i grew to to love the yamaha and it, it's a really hard question you know i like the yamaha the walsh the walsh uh elka set up on the yamaha but i would probably have to go with the with the walsh hybrid mm-hmm. um those things are just you know insanely light um like you said, like we had those things dialed, like we had the, we had those things handling really good. Um, you know, we had Mike Walsh in our corner at the time and, and, uh, Casey Greek, you know, they were always tweaking with the bikes and getting those things dialed. So mm-hmm. I would say if I were, were coming back and I had the choice to, <laughs> choice to be on a hybrid, I'd have, uh, Mike Walsh and Casey Greek in the trailer there with me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I figured I figured uh, that that would probably be your answer just because, like I said, you guys had those things so dialed. And um, if I remember correctly, like the way that you guys were running the the engines, the the CRF engines, like you didn't have them. You didn't have to have them tweaked to the moon and stuff. Right. Like they were they weren't that modified. Right. So so if that's my understanding, then. Like if I remember correctly from the people that I was hearing from your program that you were still able to get like tons of hours out of them and stuff, which, which like, that's a major advantage too, especially over like the TRX or whatever. Yeah. So like my, my practice engines and my race engines were like extremely similar. Okay. Um, My race engine was, was basically a stock motor with, you know, a little bit of head work, nothing crazy. And, you know, I pulled almost every single hole shot in pro-am that year yeah that I, re- I remember yeah yeah and my practice bikes you know I, I i could run that thing 
we would take it out about every 25 to 30 hours. Okay. And get it freshened up. And I had motors in rotation. But me thinking about that now, like, wow, I got 30 hours out of a practice <laughs> motor. Like, that is insane to me. Because, you know, the past two years, I've been getting 15, 20. 20 was pushing if I get 20 hours out of a practice motor. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. And that's, that was actually one of the reasons why I asked, because I felt like for whatever reason, like you had tough luck with some of the Yamaha stuff, but like, otherwise, um, like most people, like you talk to Jeffrey or one of those guys, like, they're like, man, I can, I can do so many hours on these things. And it just felt like you had this terrible luck with these, with these things for whatever reason. Yeah. And I, and I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't faulty equipment. I guess uh, I'll I'll blame a majority on that of the on the guy that was Okay. Okay. My my mechanic Frank, you know, he has his own business, BCC Skids, so he, he yeah. couldn't be there all the time wrenching on my bike and stuff. So I was out there, right? You know, trying to keep this thing together. And you know, I heard a little <laughs> noise. I would just you know pretend like I didn't hear it. <laughs> No, I oh, it did have some just bad luck, really. Just that I learned to not say that, uh, what is it? Wow, I've never seen that or something like that. You sure. Know? Every time I said that, something crazy was great. <laughs> I, had a, I had like a solenoid like completely like explode on me before out of the blue. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like one stuff like that. It's so tough though, because like, and I remember in, and again, like I was not a Yamaha at the time, but like, man, like being at preseason, like down South, like every day, like I'm just fingers crossed that we're going to make it another day. Like, let me just put the stuff in the trailer tonight, still running, you know? Um, so it's tough when you're like motoring down every day, like, especially at your pace, um, and how much like you're pushing the, the machine, like you're asking a lot of those things. So, yeah. so that, that, that part is tough. But uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on, you brought him up earlier, you brought him up now. So your buddy, Frankie Witt, BCC skids, um, he hooked me up with a couple skid plates for my new Yamahas stoked on that there. Um, I've never used Frankie's stuff before. Uh, I've had like leftover plastic skid plates that my dad used to make back in the day. So I just had like had a bunch in stock that I'd put on my Honda. So now that we're on the Yamahas, um, I, I, Frankie hooked me up with some stuff and I was super impressed with that stuff. So I'm stoked on that and, and wanted to be able to thank him here. Um, but yeah, it was cool to, to listen to you talk about, you know, how much of a, a part, uh, great asset he was to your program over the years. He seems like an awesome guy. I don't really know him personally. That's why I was so stoked. You wanted to work with me, but, uh, yeah, it seemed like he was, uh, he was a valuable asset to you over the years. Yeah, he was, he was a, he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, he's another one of those guys that are, you know, they'll be in my life for forever way on past uh, racing motocross, but mm -hmm. yeah, he, he's got a great product and, you know, a lot of people yeah. run his stuff and, uh, you know, I've never heard anybody say, oh, you know, they never, they never talk bad about his stuff. You know, it always works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of said to him, I'm like, I don't even know who else I would go to. Like he asked me like how I heard about him, his stuff or whatever. And I'm like, well, like I knew where to go to. I felt like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't even really know what to say. Um, I knew that he was the guy to go to for the, you know, the poly skid plates there, but yeah, I was stoked on that. So uh, let's finish up with this, Alan. Uh, so you, you banged bars, rubbed tires, bumped elbows with all these guys, the other guys in the pro class uh, you know, you know, most of them well, obviously. So, 
Um, give me any predictions that you have for the 2022 season. You touched on Joel a little bit that people are saying that he's flying. So I don't want to put you in a tough spot with anybody. Um, <laughs> but, but any prediction you have of any kind, give it to me now. All right. All right. So let's see for first, I'm, I'm going to go with Joel. Sorry, Chad, you know, <laughs> okay. I like, like Chad, Chad's my buddy, but I'm a, you know, I'm a Joel Hetrick fan too. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Joel for first, Chad second. And that third place spot, that's, that's a, that's going to be a, a tough one. Um, well now what Wesley's out, I would, I'm going to say, I'm going to say max third, uh, Jeffrey fifth, Bryce sixth. Oh man, we got Zach in there too. You skipped. You skipped fourth. You skipped fourth for the record. Oh, I, no, you Jeffrey. Jeffrey fourth. Jeffrey fourth. Jeffrey fourth. We'll throw Zach in fifth. Okay. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, right? Like I feel like I, I gotta I feel, put Logan and Zach in there. You know? I, oh no, I know it. Especially like when you got you know your buddies or whatever. But um, yeah. so so when uh, a year ago at this time when I had this idea to do the fantasy league, and I was worried that everybody was gonna have the same the same like riders or whatever. So I was thinking like, man, I'm gonna lose my ass on this because I'm gonna have to give out so many prizes. Uh, <laughs> thankfully that didn't happen like it's like there's enough there's enough you know craziness it's still it's so hard to predict with how many good guys there are that uh that yeah it's tough so when you when you're put on the spot um yeah that's a tough thing to predict but uh so as far as you know daytona goes because daytona is a kind of a standalone event it's different than the rest you know you podiumed that event do you approach that event any different like do you almost like, cause we've seen a lot of carnage at Daytona over the years. Do you like go into there thinking like, man, like this event might be a little easier to get a podium. Cause it's not as uh, demanding, like physically, or is it more like, Hey, like I kind of want to just get through here, you know, on all fours and, uh, and, and get a decent result and then move on to the outdoor races. Like, how did you approach that? Um, I kind of approached that. So I was, you know, coming off of you know, switching teams. So I was coming off yeah, kind of with a hot head, trying to make, trying to make my point. And you were changing over to your own gig. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. so I, was, I was coming off, you know, kind of with a hot head, uh, you know, trying to prove my point. And, okay. Um, so, you know, I was, I was going for it, but I think for the most part, I would say everybody there probably just wants to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's, I would say it's very similar, similar to racing, like a mud race. Okay. Everybody is just kind of focused on getting through it, hitting their own marks. They're not worried about, you know, they just want to get through it. Um, yeah. But you know, that's a race where, you know, your nerves and, and everything like that, that'll catch up to you quick if you can't contain them. Cause you know, mm-hmm. first of all, it's the first race of the year and it's on a track that is like no other race that you're going to race for the rest of the year. So mm-hmm nerves are already up for that, but yeah. Yeah. Alan, I was just nervous about making the show. Uh, I did. I shouldn't have been nervous as nervous as I was. Cause it never was an issue, but I was just worried about making it to the main. So, um, I, I was, I was very nervous like the night before the morning of, um, yeah, that was, that was, uh, nervous times for me for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's something Zach struggled with a lot last year is, is getting, you know, nervous before the races and stuff like that, which I hope he uh-huh. kind of 
kind of works on that this year. But, you know, that was something that like, I, I didn't know how to like help him with. Okay. Last year, because I never really, uh, I never really like had to deal with my, with my nerves. Like I was always, I was always more excited than I was nervous, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, typically not like a nervous person either. It's more like nervous anticipation. Like, Hey, like I'm ready to go. Um, the, the nervous part came from, uh, and I, and I've, I've I think I've referenced this on the last episode, but like being in Florida for five weeks and spending all my money and all this stuff. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have done all this. And then like, don't tell me I don't make the show, you know, like I ended up getting third in my qualifier. Like I was good. Um, but I, <laughs> I was, uh, I was quite nervous that I was going to blow this and, and not make the main. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as far as like everyone else, I think they, uh, they're just going to be trying to get through it. I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't know how many people are going to be on the gate this at this Daytona race. Typically it's I six, 16. I would assume it'll be the same. I would think. Yeah. So I don't know if they'll have to double. I know they had two people start on the back row, mm-hmm. which was very nerve wracking for, for me <laughs> last year. Not, they weren't even behind me, but it was just, I was nervous for them being. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think when you're talking about nerves, um, I feel like, like the nerves die down if you're, if you know, you're prepared, right? Like if you're, you know, the nerve, the nerves would, would come from going to the gate. Like if you're worried about, Hey, like, you know, am I prepared for this? Is everything good to go? Is all my, are all my ducks in a row? Like as soon as they are, you know, you've already done all the work, the haze in the barn. Like at that point, that's what like would bring peace to me. Like if I know I'm prepared, bike's good. I'm good. Like we're good to go. Um, that's when I'm at peace and like, we're ready to go racing. So I would assume that, that I'm, mean, it sounds like maybe you're, you were the same way. Yeah. And, and like, I don't want to like, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I was cocky about it or nothing. No, like that. no, but like, no, no, no. That's exactly how I was. Like I knew, I knew the work I put in and, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't go out there, you know, worrying about winning or losing like my mindset was go out there and do the best you can whatever it is it is mm-hmm. yeah. that's how i kind of approached every race yeah well it's going to be exciting to see what these guys do at daytona um obviously different role for you at this point being from the sideline or whatever i guess it's a little different like daytona just even those words have to be special for you after that that podium there two years ago so yeah. like is there a chance you're there with logan possibly or, or what's your thought on yeah. that I'll, I'll be at, uh, I'll be at Daytona for sure. Okay. Um, okay. I don't, I don't really know what my kind of role there will be, but okay. I'll, be, yep. I'll be taking the Decker's rig there and helping. Gotcha. So you'll up. be there. You'll be there. Yeah. Yep. I might have to get like a, get a, a Decker in a Stanfield shirt and cut it in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That would be, uh, that would be good, but yeah, yeah. It's going to be cool. I, it's crazy that we're only like a month away from the races at this point. It feels like, uh, feels like it's, it's like the off seasons flew by at the same time. It's like, uh, we're all ready to go at this point. Like I feel like, um, except for them, I'm sure there's tons of people scrambling to get their stuff together. That's always how yeah. it goes, but, uh, yeah, we're excited for the races, but Alan, this is, uh, this has been awesome. Um, I appreciate you wanting to do this. I appreciate you, you know, coming on here and kind of, you know, saying where you're at with your program and stuff. I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm thankful um, that you wanted to do it here. I'm proud to kind of bring that to our listeners and give you a voice and all the stuff I said earlier. So I uh, just want to thank you for your time and we sure hope to, to see you this summer a bunch. You know, you said you're going to be at a race or two, but hopefully um, we see a, you know, a decent amount this summer, no matter if it's on the track, off the track, we just like you having, uh, having you at the races. So um, yeah, we just, uh, we just, 
I guess are, are thankful that you did this on digging deep. Yeah. Thanks for having me. The, you know, thanks for this opportunity, everything. Yeah. We appreciate it, pal. Thanks so much. And, uh, looking forward to doing this again real soon. If, uh, depending on what your role is, whether you're wrenching or not, but we should, uh, maybe plan to have you on a couple more times as, uh, the season unfolds. If you're at the races, we can talk about the racing because it's been a lot of fun, pal. Yeah, for sure. Whenever. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much. Take care. That's Alan Myers brought to you by Factory 43 right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Thanks, pal. Man, that's a good dude right there. If we can't have him on the racetrack every weekend, at least we can give him a spot here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast and chat a little ATV motocross with him. That's the next best thing, at least. I have to thank Factory 43 for bringing you Alan Myers on this one. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today to see their full line of industry-leading Nerf bars, bumpers, and grab bars. Major thanks to Alan Myers for being here with us tonight. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners, CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, DID racing chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymower Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrated Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance programs, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website and be sure to click those Rocky Mountain ATVMC and Amazon banners for all your gear and parts needs, everyday needs, and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts and hoodies, our Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks shirts and hoodies, back-to-back national chant merch, and more, all available today at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. I would love for you guys to send in more questions, stories, and topics. As the season nears, this is an opportunity to call us. We'll play your audio and then answer and react to what you have to say. So don't hesitate to call in so we can play your voice on the show. And that number is 920-569-3519. So give us a call. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content coverage and more fun stuff as the 2022 season inches closer and closer. As for the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, our show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website diggingdeepatvmx.com so check that out today sign up for ATV Fantasy is now open so get in on the prizes, the breaking rights and all the fun in 2022 here's a little teaser for you winner of Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy at Daytona is going to win a brand new pair of riding gear so head over to atvfantasy.com now to sign up be a friend, tell a friend please download, subscribe, rate, review and share and with that For Alan Myers, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing with over 130,000 downloads monthly in 80 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. See you next time.
Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking gnarly.